Amen. Y'all don't even know how much that bothers me, man. <laughs> Heck, I walked in and there's some dust from where they did the work on the trash can. I'm like wiping it off, you know. Little things like that. Bailey, hello. <clears throat> all right, let's open up our... <clears throat> well, first of all, let me say this. Anna's trying to, Anna's trying to preach me out of a job. She... <laughs> She came up over here at Healing Room, and she threw, she threw it down. Amen. Good job, Anna. I, I thought you did a, of course, I already called you and told you, but I thought you did a fantastic job. Amen. So we're, we're glad. You know, I'm always glad when, when people take the opportunity uh, to uh, step out and to see what the Lord will do. And, um, you know, that's, that's how we discover things. We discover things by stepping out and seeing um, um, what, what it is that the Lord, uh, how it is that he'll work through us and work with us. You know, the Bible tells us, uh, uh that, uh, in Ephesians chapter four, and we've, of course we know it, we've read it, we've studied it and we've talked about it in this church, but it talks about how that, uh, God has given each, to each one of us. We've been given grace according to the measure of the gift of Christ. Let me, let me tell you all something. If you don't discover your grace, um, you have to you have to be careful that when you're in that process of discovery, that you that you don't have a preconceived idea of what it is that you want. You know, you've got you. All of us want something. We what we ought to want is we ought to want God's plan, God's purpose to be fulfilled in our lives. Sometimes that works out to line up with our desires, and sometimes it doesn't. Sometimes we have ideas and we have desires. We have things that we want in the natural that don't really line up with what God intends for us to have by his spirit. But that's not to say that you, uh, that you're going to be disappointed. You know, we think that if we don't have what we desire, we'll be disappointed. Some of you don't realize that you're going to be more satisfied with what God has for you than what you would be satisfied with what you think you want. I thought I wanted a boat till I had to maintain a boat. Then I didn't want a boat no more. You know, some of us think we want something and we don't really, Amen. So anyway, I, um, you know, there, there have been several people that uh, have uh, taught in Healing Room, and uh, uh, Twyla had an opportunity recently, did a, did a great job, and uh, now Anna, and then, uh, man, I'm, I'm still remembering when I, uh, Ayla came up there and did Healing Room. <laughs> Poor Ayla, she's the only one I showed up for. She's like, uh. hello, Pastor. Do you have a word tonight? No, she didn't say that. She, she was ready. <laughs> but uh, when Anna told me, she said, all the, uh, all the elders rolled up in here last night. It's like there was an elders meeting or something here. <clears throat> but yeah. And uh, there was someone else that recently did healing room that I, oh, Cherie. No, no, you was Wednesday. You was on a Wednesday. You, yeah, you did a healing room. That's right. Yeah. Praise God. Jasmine, that's right, it was Jasmine. Jasmine the day healing room. Jasmine. <laughs> Boy, he, if you don't get healed, Jasmine will slap you till you get healed. She will, she will. She'll beat the devil out of you. <laughs> that's what she told Josiah anyway. <laughs> I'm just playing. Jasmine, I'm just playing. She never said that. I mean, don't, don't tell me. Don't. <laughs> All right, Ephesians chapter 6. Let's run there. Let's get back on what we've been talking about here. 
Uh, we started last week with spiritual warfare, and uh, if for those of you that were here, I, and I pray that you were, and if you weren't here, my prayer is, is that you at least, at the very least, uh, listen to the uh, recording. So we're talking about spiritual warfare, what the Bible has to say about spiritual How many of you know that if we're going to, if we're going to do battles in the spirit, if we're going to participate in spiritual warfare, then we've got to understand what the Word of God says about it. Because if we, if we go about it in a manner that is outside of what we read in the, in the Bible, then uh, we're not really doing it correctly. And there, there are lots of people that go through this whole process of, well, we're gonna, let's, let's all do spiritual battle, but they're not really following the model of Scripture. And so um, we as God's people have to be careful that uh, we don't get outside of the Bible. And, um, and the reason I say that is because what you're doing may not be bringing harm. Because we, we have this idea as Christians that if we do something that's outside of Scripture, we do something that maybe the Bible doesn't teach. And you see this on social media a lot. There are preachers and there are people in ministry that they're like, if you do it wrong, if you do it outside of the way the Word of God tells it, then you're opening up your, your, your life to evil spirits and you're going to hell and bless God, the Bible's, you know, they go, they, they go off on this stuff. And the reality is, is that some of it is just, a, it's, not that you, it's not that the devil's going to get you, it's not that God's going to get you, it's just that you're just going to be wasting a lot of time and a lot of energy and a lot of effort in doing things that don't really produce what you're wanting to, and then, and then, then what we get into is that we get into trying to manufacture something because we haven't seen God do something. And then we start trying to force the hand of God. And, um, and instead of us waiting on the Lord, pretty soon we're participating in things that are flesh, fleshly and carnal. And the, the, what I, and again, it's not that we're entertaining evil spirits or bad spirits, but what ends up happening is, is that when the Lord uh, when, when it comes time for the Lord to show up and he tries to bring correction, well, then we feel bad and then we don't want to, you know, some of us, we don't like correction and, and we don't want, you know, we don't want the correction. Uh, I don't know about y'all, but I don't like correction. Um, I do like what correction does, but correction doesn't always feel good. Um, so that, that's, that's, I think more the problem is when correction has to be brought or when the Lord shows up and we don't recognize him because we've been so in the flesh that we, that we don't recognize the spirit. Um, mm, I could say something there. I, I will say something there. There was, a church, there was a church I went to in Mansfield, Ohio. And um, it's the Church of God in Christ. And I had been invited there by uh, the pastor uh, of, the, of the church. Um, his last name was Jordan. They just called him Elder Jordan, but fantastic guy, wonderful minister, great preacher. His son was an excellent musician. Uh, their church, their church was an amazing church. One of the largest, uh, one of the largest uh, black churches. And when I say that, I know that you know, some of you are like, what is a black church? I drove up and I didn't see no black church. I saw a white church and I saw a brick church, but I never saw no black, a predominantly black church. That's what I'm talking about. A, a, a church where there are predominantly black people. Uh, so anyway, I got invited there, and I was excited. It was one of the first Church of God in Christ that I'd ever been to to, to preach. And um, I loved going and participating in worship in some of the black churches that I'd been at because just my style, you know, I liked it. Uh, very, uh, they, they praise and they worship in some of those churches very enthusiastically, 
And seemingly when you're looking at it, it's like, boy, they're really getting in there, you know. Um, what I realized was I got up to preach and I thought this will be easy because these people, they like to get in the spirit. Um, well, not so much, you know, I, you know, some, sometimes what we, what we, what we, uh, and I'm not saying this is true. I'm, 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 I'm going to paint with a very broad brush here and it's not true of, of every church of God in Christ or every enthusiastic church, but sometimes what we don't, what we don't understand is we can't interpret the difference between spirit and soul. Because when the Spirit is moving, we will bless the Lord with all of our soul sometimes. You know, you know what I'm saying? But when you're just getting in your soul and you're blessing, you know, you're, you're, you're trying to bless the Lord with your soul and the Spirit ain't really in it, then you're off, you know, you're off in your soul. But, and so when I got up to preach and I be, the Holy Spirit began to fall, I realized that, that most of those folks, they knew how to... They knew how to get over there and to give God everything they had in their soul, but they didn't recognize much the move of the Spirit. And so I, I remember I preached and they were, you know, they weren't, you know, I'm not the, I wasn't, I wasn't, uh, I wasn't hooping or anything like that. And so that was, that was what they were accustomed to. And, and I tried my best, you know, but I'm not a hooper. And, uh, and so I just, you know, and I, I tried to preach as enthusiastically as I can, but, uh, and, and this, don't, don't get me wrong, it was, I thought it was good, but I had an altar call, and I had people come forward, and I, I knew that they didn't know what was going on when I laid my hands on the first person, and they went to, you know, they went to shout, and instead of shouting, they got, they got knocked out under the power of God and laid there on the floor, and, and, and they're just looking like, wait a minute, you know, and I started going down the line, and they all started falling out, but not, it, they weren't courtesy drops. They were really falling out, and I could tell they were perplexed. It's like, wait a minute. This is not what we're accustomed to. We're accustomed to, we're accustomed to helping out the Spirit, helping Him, because He doesn't usually just body slam us. We're, we normally have to get down, you know, and fall out, and then there, you know, then someone's got to play the organ, and then we get, you know, then we got to work up a lather, you know, and someone's got to hold their back and the church mother's got to, you know, form a line and, and, and all of this. So, but that's, see, that's where the problem comes. When we get outside of scripture, when we get outside of the word of God, then it becomes hard for us to recognize the spirit. And sometimes what we're, what we're, what is appealing to us has, has, it has to do with um, how we respond to the spirit, but it may not have to do with the will of the Spirit or the move of the Spirit. Does that make sense? So um, certainly there are some emotional things that are, and again, I'm not preaching against emotionalism. I think when the Spirit of God moves, you better get ready to get emotional because he's going to yank on your emotions and he's going to look for you to respond in an emotional fashion. If you're not an emotional person, that can be difficult for you. That can be a difficult transition for you to make. But some people, they get so hooked up in the emotion that when the spirit shows up, it's just hard for them to identify what what the difference is. And uh, but if you ever get in the spirit, you'll start to you'll start to figure it out. Amen. So anyway, Ephesians chapter six. That's where we started. Let's read. This will be our golden text. Finally, and we're going to read this in the English Standard Version. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in the strength of His might. And so. Uh, First thing you've got to understand about spiritual warfare, it's not about how strong you are in the natural or how strong you think you are. 
In fact, you know what the Bible says? That his strength is made perfect in your weakness. And so some of you, you go around, you're like, I just feel so weak. You're in a good place. I don't know why you're bawling. Because in your weakness, he's made strong. Amen. See, some of us, we have to have a, a paradigm shift. We have to have a mindset change. We have to figure out that in, when, when we're weak, that's when he's the strongest. Uh, but the Bible tells us to be strong in, in the Lord and in the strength of his might. And we're, do, we're to do this. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. So if we're going to fight this uh, spiritual battle, if we're going to fight uh, and be a part of spiritual warfare, the Bible says that we've got to pull on, put on the whole armor of God. I once heard someone say this. Notice how the Bible doesn't call it the ar armor of the church or the armor of the saints. It's called the armor of God. And I heard someone say this. He said, when we have on the armor of God and we're face to face with the devil, the devil's not certain whether it's one of, if whether it's one of God's kids or whether it's God, because it's God's armor. And so when we have the armor of God on, the devil can't tell the difference between us and God. I thought that was good. Amen. And, but the armor only covers the front part of, you know, the... When you read, when we read about the armor, it only covers the front. The only way the enemy could tell whether it's God or his kids is when we turn around. <laughs> if we turn around, try to run, the devil will have us figured out. But anyway, uh, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Uh, for we do not wrestle against flesh and blood. Or in other words, our our battle isn't an earthly battle. That's what that's saying. Our battle isn't uh, in an earthly battle. Uh, it's not a battle with swords and guns and, uh, and cannons and, uh, of course, I'm going way back, but uh, um, missiles or whatever. <laughs> but it's against uh, uh, rulers, against uh, the authorities, against the cosmic powers over this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. And so um, we have a battle against these uh, spirits. Now, let's, let's stop there and go to the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 10. Because I think it's important for us to see this. So, so what does this scripture say? That our battle isn't against car the, uh, it isn't a carnal battle, a fleshly battle. It's not a battle that we're fighting in the natural. Um, first, 2 Corinthians chapter 10, and we'll start with verse... Um, Mm, let's just start with verse 3. For though we walk in the flesh, we, we do not war according to the flesh. Again, this is saying the same thing that Ephesians says. Uh, the weapons of our warfare are not flesh, but divine power to destroy strongholds. Now, go to the next verse. But I want you to notice this because, see, this is when we, when we hear that our battle isn't in the flesh or our battle isn't in the natural. We, we, we immediately think that every battle that we have is against a demon spirit, that spiritual, that spiritual warfare has to do with us only battling demons. But where is it that the devil fights you at? In your mind. Sometimes he'll fight you physically in your physical body with sickness. Sometimes, you know, the devil will roll up and he'll try to uh, oppress, you know, people uh, emotionally. He'll mess with your soul. Uh, but that's your, so when the devil, the, 
if you're gonna, if we're gonna have spiritual uh, a spiritual battle, if we're gonna do spiritual warfare, we're not gonna go out in the parking lot and get some nunchucks, and we're not gonna see, we're not gonna see some demons in the other side, and we're not gonna be all like, you know, <clears throat> Chuck Norris. It's because because the enemy when he attacks. He sometimes, like I said, he attacks physical, he attacks emotional, he attacks in our minds, uh, he attacks us in our, you know, um, in our in our thinking. So, <clears throat> if we're going to do spiritual warfare, then isn't that a part of what we're going to have to do? Is is, well, this scripture tells us. So, when it says that our 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 battle isn't uh, with uh, a carnal battle, it's not saying that the battle isn't against carnality. It's saying that the battle isn't a, na isn't a battle that we can fight with physical weapons. This isn't, you can't win a spiritual battle by having willpower. You can't, you can't fight this spiritual battle and win with positive thinking. Tony Robbins ain't going to help you win this spiritual battle. Uh, inspiration, insp you know, you know what I'm talking about, right? Uh, inspirational speakers, uh, life coaches. See, some of you are like, how are you a life coach? No, you need the word of God. You need to understand that <clears throat> the word of God is going to help <clears throat> some, some of us, what we're going, what we're going through in life. We don't understand. We're in spiritual warfare, but your battle, you're not directly battling. Your battle isn't directly with an evil spirit. The first, the first place you got, before you address the spirit, if there's a spirit behind what you're going through, before you address the spirit, this is what we established last week, before you ever address a demon, you first have to address the droppings that it left in your, in your mind. You know, you can, you can, oh, Don, uh, Don was uh, going through some of the uh, cabinets here uh, when, when we uh, had uh, the cold weather. I don't know if it was when we were, had the cold weather when he discovered this or if it was before that. It was David that discovered it. Oh, it was David that discovered But anyway, David discovered that, uh, or someone discovered that there were, that we had mice. Do you know how they discovered that? They found evidence, droppings. Uh, uh, someone gave me a box of cocoa and said, Pastor, I don't think this cocoa is any good anymore. I said, why not? And I opened, I looked in the box and every envelope of cocoa had been opened by a mouse and there were mouse turds all over through the box. Yes, I said, I don't think we ought to serve this cocoa. So we discarded the box. But see, that's... A lot of times, that's the evidence that we have that that the devil has has a waged war against us. It's not that that evil spirit is always there. Sometimes them spirits just come by and they drop a thought. Some of you, the enemy dropped a thought in you when you were 10 years old. You, you went through something when you were 10 years old and you haven't been able to live in victory and live for God like you want to because of something that happened to you when you was a kid. Yeah. 
Well, you know, you know, we're, when we get born again, we're born again in our spirits. Our spirits are transformed. So the Bible says old things pass away and all things become new. And what it's talking about is you become a new man. You're born again of the spirit. But you know what? You still have the same soul. Mind, will, and emotions. You know, and you know what the Bible says about the soul? In the book of James, it says this, that we're to receive with meekness the engrafted word, which is able to save our souls. So it's, it's by the word of God that our souls are saved. Your soul isn't saved. Your spirit is saved. Your soul is in the process of being saved through the renewing of your mind. And that's what, and that's what this scripture says, that, the battle, that we're, the battle that we're fighting isn't a battle of the flesh. And the weapons that we have to fight the battle, go, go to that last verse, Job, verse 4. Look what it says. For the weapons of our warfare are not of the flesh, but have divine power to destroy. In other words, God has given you, you know that anxiety that you have? God has given you divine power. Now, you can either deal with it with breathing exercises, counting to 10, uh, controlling your breathing, thinking about good things, uh, keeping your mind on good. Just think about something that you did that gives pleasant thoughts, that takes your mind off of it. Call, phone a friend, uh, you know, use one of your lifelines. Uh, these are all natural strategies to work these things out. And guess what? You can manage your anxiety, but God doesn't want you managing it. God wants you to destroy it. And we have, to, I'm, about to, I'm about to throw this microphone across this room because I am preaching to this group of people right now. Amen. See, the, you know what? The, anoint, the anointing doesn't manage. The, the Bible says the anointing is yoke-destroying, burden-removing power. You know, I've heard some people say the anointing breaks the yoke. I don't like saying it that way. You could say it that way, but I don't like saying it that way. You know why? Because something that's broken can be fixed. But when you destroy something, it can't be fixed. It can't be put back together. The anointing destroys strongholds. And the weapons that God has given us are divine, they're supernatural, they're anointed, and they destroy these things that we have been facing and that we've been battling. All right. So, uh, so the enemy, the devil, some of y'all aren't dealing directly with an evil spirit. Now, that doesn't mean that at some point in time you won't deal directly with an evil spirit or that you never have dealt directly with an evil spirit. But we have to identify what we're dealing with. And the only way to do that is if we get things straight in our mind. So uh, next verse, Joe. So here's what it says. So here's how we first start this battle. We destroy arguments. Do you know why that's important? Because if you're going into a spiritual battle and you haven't destroyed those arguments, you, we destroy arguments in every lofty opinion raised against the knowledge of God. Do you know what we'll do is we will go through this whole thing of, well, you know, I don't really need to. Do I really need to? Do I really need to do this? I mean, do I... Do I really have to be that devoted to the Lord? I mean, I know that works for you, but I mean, I'm happy for you. 
I just don't think it takes all that. See, that's, <laughs> that's why you have to destroy. Amen. See, some of you hadn't even started to fight the battle because you haven't yet, you haven't, you haven't been able to whip the devil because you haven't been able to whip the arguments in your, in your mind and in your thinking that keep you from engaging the enemy. And so you have to, you, you, you keep, you keep having these things rise up in your life and you keep being defeated by the enemy in, in that spiritual battle because you've not allowed the word of God to destroy the arguments that come up in your head, that reasoning that makes you believe that somehow or another you're special and the, and the same rules that apply to all of us according to Scripture don't apply to you. But those, th these things apply to every one of us. I don't care how advanced you are. I don't care how mature you are. I, listen, if I'm having to do this still yet every day of my life, I, I, I reckon some of y'all are going to have to do it too. I don't, even have to, I don't even have to go to a secular job. I get to spend every day, all day long with Jesus, just praising and praying and, and just carrying on with the Lord, and I still got to do this. Amen. Amen. And take every thought captive to obey. Boy, I'm telling you, these are good, these are good things. So, so the, the, the beginning of the battle is there. Because we'll never identify. Listen, you're never going to identify what is a demon and what is not a demon. Who is possessed, who's not possessed. Because that, that takes us to some of our, that takes us to some of our, our questions. Uh, I asked uh, last week, we started off with, some of the things that you all would like to uh, talk about, and some of it, some of it had to do with uh, mental illness, mental oppression, and you know how do we how do I how do we identify the difference between maybe a demon possession and oppression? Um, how we uh, what uh, what category does a mental illness or mental oppression or uh, you know go, what what uh, is that an evil spirit? Can you, can you just have uh, uh, mental uh, illness um, or is it always a bad spirit? Listen, every, every sickness, whether it's mental or physical, uh, has its roots and its origins in hell. Every bit of it came from Satan. God is not the author of sickness. If there is no sickness, there is no disease, there is no infirmity, whether it be mental or or physical that came from God. None of it came from God. It didn't just naturally occur. It occurred because of sin and because of Satan. Are y'all hearing me today? You got to you got to you got to get that straight. The growth of mold is a natural occurrence. Sickness came from the pit of hell. God, God didn't, God instituted the growing of bacteria, mold, uh, uh, things, of, uh, uh, crops. Uh, there, there's, a, there's a natural order there, but sickness is not natural. Sickness is a, is a, is, 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 it originates in the spirit and manifests in the natural. Corn doesn't originate in the spirit and manifest in the natural. Sickness originates in the spirit 
and manifests itself in the natural. You say every sickness, every sickness, even the contagious ones, even the contagious, that contagious sicknesses originated in the COVID came straight out of the pit of hell. Polio, asthma, cancer. Diabetes. <laughs> What's that other one? Uh, I, I was there, I'm thinking of the uh, Michael pneumococcal pneumonia. <laughs> uh, 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 ketoacidosis. No. <laughs> Mikey was coming to my house, and she was going through some of these commercials that we see all the time. Uh, I don't see them all the time, but she sees them all the time. And she's quoting these uh, commercials, uh, side effects. And <laughs> uh, anyway, uh, that, that's, why, that's why healing works the way that it does. You know, we had healing room yesterday. You know, healing, that's why, you know, we think that healing, you don't receive your healing when you receive a, a, a physical manifestation. You know, when Jesus took sickness upon his, when, when Jesus took the stripes upon his back and the Bible says he bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases. When Jesus took those stripes, did, when Jesus took those stripes, did he grow a cancer? Did he go blind with, with, with uh, uh, glycoma? No. Did he go deaf? Uh, while they were, no, Jesus, when Jesus took sickness, he didn't take the sickness physically. He took stripes physically. He suffered physically so that you could be healed. So it was the shedding of his blood and the act of the sacrifice that he made that paid the price for you. So when Jesus took up your sicknesses. The Bible says he bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases. You know he didn't do that physically, right? He took stripes physically. He went through what a lamb would go through. A lamb is slaughtered in a particular way. And the blood of a lamb was shed in a particular way in the Old Testament to cover the sins of the people. Well, Jesus was the, he was the ultimate sacrifice. He was the lamb of God that takes away the sins of the world. He, he went through what he went through as an act of sacrifice, but Jesus didn't physically take your sickness in the spirit. Jesus eradicated because why? Because sickness isn't something that's natural. Listen, this is why, this is why uh, I, I'm in there right now. I'm going to take this coat off. <laughs> I just wish I looked good. In one of these right now, I wish I was looking like Michael. <laughs> or Brandon, or Brandon. No, Brandon, like, no, I don't mean... <laughs> yeah, but we get, you know, we're all right. <clears throat> it's, it's in, now, I'm, I'm, as I'm talking up here, I'm, I'm noticing, I'm just looking at y'all, and I'm, I'm just realizing that some of you, this is a revelation to you. 
that this is not something that you really thought through. And see, this is why we, we will battle with sickness and we will lose the battle because we don't, we don't understand that sickness isn't something natural. Sickness isn't something that God was like, oh, well, you know, I, I created. If God created everything perfect, I don't think I have to go here, right? God created everything. Adam and Eve weren't going to have to battle with sickness. They weren't even going to die. Adam and Eve weren't even going to die. They were going to live forever. Even after sin, they lived for like 700 some odd years, you know? It took a long time for sin to work its way to where it dwindled down our lives to 80 years to, for, for some people. We weren't, you weren't, God didn't design you to die. So, you know, death isn't natural. <laughs> Listen, that's what you ought to be fighting. You ought to be fighting death with everything that's in you. Now, what, is death going to win someday? Well, uh, it depends on how you look at it. That's right. Amen. Listen, Don ain't playing either. <laughs> yeah. See, some people hear him say that. They've never seen him up in a tree. You know, it's like. <laughs> He don't just he ain't just he ain't just talking the talk. He's walking the walk. But sickness, it's a it's a when Jesus took the took those stripes, he eradicated sickness. He took it and he completely destroyed it. You say, if he destroyed it, why are we still battling with it? Well, because we have not yet received the understanding and the truth that sickness and disease is something that we as the believer have authority over. Now, let's, let's go to one of the questions, and this will help us in this, uh, in this in the direction that we're going here. So is anybody being helped just yet? Yes. So uh, I believe it, it might have been Don. that I, It was Don. I'm, I'm pretty sure this was a Don that asked about this. And he said um, he wanted to know about binding and... Was it you that said it's about binding and loosing? Binding and loosing. So, um, <laughs> you know what? I didn't even, uh, um, I didn't even write it down, Don, <laughs> but it's the first thing we deal with. So go with me to the book of, uh, uh, the book of um, Matthew chapter 18. Matthew chapter 18. And we're going to read from... We'll read from... Um, you know, I, I, I like it in the other... I like, it, I like the other one better. Let's, let's not read it out of the book of Matthew. Let's read it out of the book of something else. Let's read it out of the book of, not Leviticus. <laughs> oh, that's funny. Um, Luke, the book of Luke, Luke. No, 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 that's not Luke. Where's it at, Tyler? Matthew, where you always go? 
16. Yeah, 16. Matthew chapter 16. That's where I want to be at. Matthew chapter 16. We went to it. Matthew chapter 16. Matthew chapter 16. So binding and loosing. How does that, how does that fit into spiritual warfare? Because you get a lot of that. You get a lot of people. I bind you, Satan, in the name of Jesus. You know, I, 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 I loose you off of my family right now in Jesus' name. You know, we, we go through this uh, exercise. And so, um, re- remember where we, where we left off. Sickness is, a, is something that is, that, that is a product of something that comes out of the spirit and manifests in the natural. Healing, healing is something that Jesus did in us in this. Jesus won the place for our healing in the spirit. He didn't physically do if he physically took our sickness upon himself, if, if it had come upon him physically, if everybody's sickness had come upon him physically, then there, there would we, I mean, it had been piled up on him. God knows what he'd look like. But anyway. Uh, it had been piled up on him, and I think that physically, you know, it would we we would have never had any kind of a you know any kind of a, a battle with it physically. But Jesus didn't take it physically. In the in the spirit, he eradicated the source of that sickness and disease. And he what he did was he gave us as believers authority over that sickness. So when sickness tries to manifest in 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 your body, number one sickness is going to try to manifest. So we're going to have to, we're going to have to fight it. But we can live in divine health and wholeness. You don't have to be sick. You don't have to die sick. Amen. I'm going to tell you right now, I'm not going to say I've never been sick, but I don't get sick very often. I wish there was somebody in my family that was here to testify to the fact. <laughs> Someone that lived with me, I mean, Tyler's here, but I don't. I don't. I, and again, it's, this isn't a brag, it's just a fact. I, I think that whenever you, whenever you start to get a revelation and an understanding about what the Word of God says concerning sickness, first of all, you have to understand that sickness is a spiritual thing that tries to manifest it. Well, same with healing. Jesus eradicated it in the Spirit. So when we receive healing, some of us, we look to receive our healing by, by, by assessing our symptoms. And when we feel like our symptoms are gone, then that's when we identify that we're healed. Well, wait a minute. So you're, you're healed because you feel better. That's what you're saying. No, you're healed whether you feel good or not. You know why? Because Jesus bore our sicknesses and he carried our diseases. Well, if he did that, why are we still sick? Because there's still sin working. And there's still a devil loose. And there's still that, that warfare, that, that battle. And how did, the, how did the Bible tell us to fight this battle? Not in the strength of our own might. Not with natural carnal weapons. Not with willpower. Well, I really believed it. I, I did, man. I, I had it in my head. God don't want you working this in your head. He wants you working this in the spirit. 
Sometimes we think that because we've come to a place of mental ascent that somehow or another that that place of mental ascent gives us access to those things that God's given us by the Spirit. No, this is a spiritual, this is a spiritual thing. You say, well, how do I know the difference? Listen, I'm going to tell you right now. If you don't know the difference now, you haven't got there yet. Because when you get there, you know that you'll start to know the difference. Some of you have gotten there in different areas of life. Salvation. You know when you just went to church and when you got saved. At some point, something kicked in the spirit. And you weren't just going to church. All of a sudden, you had a spiritual manifestation, a spiritual encounter. You went from going through the uh, motions to where something supernatural happened. Same happens with sickness and disease. So Jesus bore our, our sicknesses in the spirit. So how are you going to have to receive your healing? Well, you don't receive it in the, in the natural. You receive it in the spirit. That means it doesn't matter what's going on in the natural. In the spirit and by the spirit, you receive what the word of God says. That 2,000 years ago, Jesus bore it so you didn't have to bear it. He took it so you wouldn't have to take it. All right, so uh, hold your question and keep it. Don't forget it, okay? Don't, don't forget it. Write it down so you don't forget. And I'm going to let you ask that question here in a second. So this will answer Don's question about binding and loosing. So let's, let's read this because this is important. It's important. It's, it's going to help you all out. It's, it's falling right in line with what we've been talking about. So uh, you remember this discussion. Jesus uh, asked his disciples, who do men say that I am, right? Who do, who do people say that I am? And they responded, well, some say that you're uh, John the Baptist or, or Elijah or Jeremiah or one of the prophets. And then he said this. Now, who do you say that I am? Peter said this. He said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Jesus responded to him and he said, you're blessed, Simon, because flesh and blood didn't reveal this unto you, but my father, which is in heaven. In other words, uh, you didn't come to this conclusion based on a thought or something you See, some of you believe in healing because you saw someone get healed. Guess what? That's not, that's not a spiritual thing. That's the, you're, you're basing, you're basing, you, some of you believe in healing because of a testimony you heard. You know what? You can't believe God because he healed Sister Twyla. Well, Lord, I'm believing you for healing. You healed Twyla. You're going to heal me. Nope. That's not how we believe for healing. That's not based on the word of God. Well, Lord, Brother Hagin, he testified. It doesn't matter what Brother Hagin testified to. That's not how we receive our healing. If we're going to receive our healing, we got to find out what the word of God says about us. And about healing for us. What does it say? Now, you know what? You may not get a revelation right away. It may, take, it may take a while for it to get from here to here. For it to go from a head knowledge to a revelation where it becomes a part of your spiritual DNA. In fact, it, it takes everybody a period of time before they start walking in things because they're walking it out in the spirit and not just walking it out in the flesh based on things that they've seen and things. That, listen, this is all the stuff we're talking about here. This is, this is spiritual warfare. This, this waving of flags and clanking of, clanking of sticks and, and 
sitting, sitting in front of people, having them lay hands on you and discern that you got a spirit of nicotine or a spirit of caffeine or a, or a, or, or a gluttonous spirit. Listen, all we got to do is look at you know if you got a gluttonous spirit. You don't have to have the gift of discernment to know whether someone's under a gluttonous Listen, all you got to do is look at you and say, well... Thou mayest have a problem with food. <laughs> but you know what? Isn't that, isn't that the stuff that we're drawn to? We want to go to classes and we want to learn how to see in the spirit and discern spirit. And then we want to go to call him for the strong man. You know who the strong man is? You. You're the strong man. You're the one that has to be bound. You're the first strong man that has to be bound. Boy, I'm preaching. You know how I can prove it? Because some of you will come to this church, and sometimes you'll get so mad being in this church, hearing the word of God preached, having the kind of worship we have, getting in the Holy Ghost, and you'll get mad and won't even want to come back. What do you think that is? I'm not getting on to nobody. I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. Miss Ron, look at everybody. Else. Y'all better straight out. <laughs> I mean, I'm not, you understand? I'm not getting on. This is, I'm, I'm trying to get you to understand what the battle is. And you know what? You're not going to. Listen, you're, you're, not going to cast, you're not going to cast legion out of the guy in the tombs of the Gadarenes if you, if you can't win the battle that goes on in your mind that tries to keep you from being everything that God says that you are, everything that he told you you have, everything that belongs to you. Because you know what? The enemy, he's going he's to scramble your brains. I mean, Peter was following Jesus because he believed that there was something unique about Jesus. He perceived that there was something different about Jesus. You don't leave your business, your prosperous business. Now, you know his business. I know Peter's business was prosperous. You know how I know his business was prosperous? See, some people think Peter gave up his business. Peter didn't give up. Peter gave up his business. Peter went on a sabbatical. The Bible says that when he left to follow Jesus, that he left all the ships and all of that fishing business with the servants. That's how I know he was prosperous. Because he left it to somebody else. And then when, he, when, when Jesus took off, he's like, I'm going back. I'm going fishing. His business never quit. It just kept going without him while he followed after Jesus. Now, why did he follow after Jesus? Well, there was something appealing about Jesus. There was some, see, some of y'all, some of y'all come, man, I really feel like God's called me to uh, insert, you know, name here, Life Church, Winner's Church, Oasis Church, uh, uh, Faith Church. Uh, huh? 
Rhema Church. We, we, you can put any, any church in there. So I feel like I'm called to that church. And then you go, and you're, and you're still discontent. Well, I thought this church was going to be different. But it doesn't matter how different the church is if, you're not, if you don't change. There's just different stuff there that'll appeal to different parts of your flesh. And but we, 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 amen. I'm not, listen, I know I'm looking at y'all, some of y'all like, eh. and there he goes. No, I'm just trying to tell you why you're fighting the battles you're fighting. And you know what? The Lord, he's been dealing with all of us to get it straight. You know why? Because we are about to stand off with some evil spirits. And he's going to make quick work of us. Listen, if, if, we're, get, if, we're, getting, if, if we're getting our drawers in a bunch over prosperity, he's going to wipe the floor with you. If we get in our drawers in a bunch over So, so, so Peter, we don't, we're not certain how many years he'd walked with Jesus to this point. Maybe it was halfway into Jesus's ministry. Maybe it was a year into Jesus's ministry. Maybe he'd been with him for a year, but he had been with Jesus for a period of time. Understand this. He had already been with Jesus for a period of time. Even though he was following Jesus, he still didn't have a revelation of who Jesus was. Some of you, see, some of you feel bad. Don't feel bad. Peter didn't know who he was either. It's a process. We come to a greater and greater place. Listen, don't beat yourself over the head. Listen, if, you, if you're realizing that you need to know him more, that there are, there are other things you need to discover, and that's happening to you right now, rejoice. Because there's a lot of people in church that they think they know him. And they still trying to cast the devil a caffeine out of people. Ted, am I preaching? Oh, yeah. <laughs> Ted, 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 he looked like he's in the great white north. <laughs> you need to quit sitting next to that door, bro. <laughs> it's cold over there. All right, all right. So finally, Jesus answered and says to Simon Peter, after all this time, now, I don't, I'm not sure how long he'd been with him. I'm, I'm certain it wasn't three or four days. This is a period of time. He's seen Jesus do miracles. Listen, you can see Jesus do miracles and still not come to a place where you have a revelation of who he is. You can have an idea that there's something different about him, but not, know, not really know, not really, not really experience the fullness of who he is and what that means and what that offers to you. So he says, blessed art thou, Simon Bar-Jonah, for flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. 
So he says it. He says, you just got a revelation. You just tapped into something. Thank you, Debbie. You just tapped into something that doesn't have its roots and its origins in the natural. Then, now next verse. Now notice what Jesus goes into next. (laughs) Glory to God. This is so stinking good. (laughs) Think about this story. Haven't y'all ever thought that this story was weird? Jesus asks them, who do you say that I am? And then he goes into this whole dissertation that he goes into with Peter. He says, man, you got a revelation. Now I'm going to tell you this. You're Peter. You're the rock. And on this rock, I'm going to build my church and the gates of hell won't prevail against it. Here's here's what Jesus was saying. I'm going to call you Peter because you're a rock because... Revelation is a rock. Revelation, when you get a revelation of something, you will never be moved off of. Once you get a revelation of something, nothing can move you off of that revelation. Once you got a revelation of being born again and saved, once you really got that. Now, you know what? I meet people all the time. They walk an altar, shake a preacher's hand. They say a prayer. They have no revelation about salvation. But if you ever find someone that really gets saved and gets a revelation of the life change that they've had. I remember when Anna got that revelation. She showed up at my front door when she got that revelation in tears. And she had been in church. She had walked the aisle. She had said prayers. She had shook a preacher's hand. She had cried some tears. But something happened to her that went beyond. It was extraordinary. It, was, it wasn't natural. It was supernatural. It wasn't something of the flesh. It was something of the spirit. Flesh and blood. She didn't get it out of a message that I preached. She didn't get it because she listened to a podcast. It didn't come from a YouTube video. It came out of the innermost part of her being. She got a rebel. And once she got that rebel... I remember when Anna was hit and miss at church. I remember when when she would come every now and again. And it didn't even make her feel bad. Sometimes she was at the casino and sometimes she was at church. Sometimes she was at bingo and sometimes she was at church. (laughs) Right, Anna? And it didn't listen, it didn't bother you. But you know what? Once she got the revelation, there was she wasn't about to listen. I'm gonna tell you right now, nothing was gonna keep her from pursuing God and pursuing the way of God and the word of God. See, that's what differentiates some of you that are in here from some from those others that you scratch your head and you wonder what is their deal? Why don't they get because you had a revelation, and because you got a revelation, your your life is founded upon on a rock and you will not be moved you'll be attacked you might even lose a battle or two but you know what when it's all said and done you'll be drawn back to that place that foundation that revel oh anybody know what i'm talking about amen man me too So Jesus said, revelation is a rock, Peter. And on that rock, on that revelation, on that spirit of revelation, on that concept, on that idea. Are y'all hearing me? On that concept, on that idea that you you just had, this revelation. Not, Not the specific revelation of him being the Christ, the son of the living God. But the fact, the fact that in order for us. To win, 
this spiritual warfare battle, we're going to have to do it with supernatural weapons. And for us to, to function in that supernatural place, we got to get a revelation of what belongs to us. Next verse. Look what it says. I'm going to give you the keys to the kingdom. That sounds important. Yesterday, Eric got a key to the church so he could come do some work. Now, don't come and ask me for keys. Everybody like, oh, Pastor, hanging out keys again. No, no. It's temporary. It's Joe's key. But anyway, that was important. It, listen, when you get... Some of you that had church keys that had them taken away, how'd that make you feel when your key was taken away? <laughs> Joe, Joe's like, I was like, glory to God. Here you go, Pastor. Praise the Lord. Amen. Whew. It's a weight off my shoulders. Amen. But some, some people, you, when you don't have a key, now you know that you're... How many, how many of you knew that once you didn't have a key, that was going to alter your life? See, having a, having a key opens up doors. Having a key gives access. So Jesus said, I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. I'm going to give you something that will help you to access these spiritual things that we're talking about. I'm going to give you keys to the kingdom. And look what he says. Then he gets into it. Whatever you bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatever you loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. So that looks good, right? But let's read it. Let's read it in the, uh, let's read it in the Amplified Bible. In the Amplified Bible, verse 19, it says this, I'll give you the keys to the, of the kingdom of heaven and whatever you bind. So let's, let's find out what binding is. Now, listen, look at me. Look at me real quick. We think binding is taking something, and that, that's the picture that most of us get, that when we think of binding, we think of taking something and tying it up, right? Most of us, is that what we think? Let, now, let's read the Bible definition of binding. Whatever you bind, here's what it is. Declare to be improper and unlawful on earth. Must be what is already bound in heaven. In other words, once you get a revelation... Of what is not allowed there, what has been declared improper and unlawful, then you can put a stop to it here. I'm about to throw these glasses. Are y'all seeing this? See, that's, bi that's binding and loosing. It's not tying something up. Binding and loosing is when you have a revelation. Of what is improper and unlawful in heaven. Once you understand that sickness, let's just take sickness. Once you understand that there is no sickness in heaven, God don't get sick. Jesus never got sick. 
Jesus never got a cold. He never got the sniffles. He never had an earache. He never had a toothache. He never had a, he never had a Charlie horse. He ne- Jesus, Jesus, don't know nothing about no irritable bowel syndrome. He didn't have none of that. Jesus didn't have none of that. <laughs> Glory to God. You know what? I believe, you know, I, I believe Jesus probably ate whatever he wanted to eat. He, he, Jesus, I bet Jesus could drink the water in Mexico. Listen, some of y'all like, oh, geez, maybe walk on the water. No, 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 listen. I think he could probably drink that water and it probably wouldn't have affected him. I mean, he did say you could drink any deadly thing and it won't hurt you. So see what we're, you know what we're looking to do? We're looking to come to the place where we get a revelation of what is improper and all of it. Now, now listen, most of us know what has been declared improper and unlawful in heaven. What we haven't gotten is a revelation that because we know this and we're aware of it, that, that we can alter what goes on in the earth as a result. Well, let me ask you a question. Let me ask you a question. Why is it that we have trouble de- taking what we know has been like sickness? We know that Jesus eradicated sickness. Why is it that we have such a hard time when it comes to sickness? When sickness starts messing with you? When sickness starts messing with other people? Why is it that we have such a hard time with sickness? Because you start going through this argument in your head. All, all of a sudden... 2 Corinthians chapter 10 starts meaning something because thoughts start to pop up that, well, you know, my auntie, she's a nurse and she said, yeah, my, my, my mama, you know, my mama had this, her mama had it. I reckon I'm just going to have to deal with it. We go to reasoning. And you know what we need when we go into that mode of reasoning? We need the Word of God. That's the battle. Here's the the battle. Is that, you know what? You're going to feel foolish declaring your healing when you feel like crap. You're going to think. You know what the enemy will tell you? In your mind. It's not even something that he has to come by and whisper in your ear. It's already a seed planted in your mind. You're going to believe that people question your faith. They question your, your relationship with God. They question your spiritual strength. What's everybody going to think? Da, 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 da. We go, you think you're the only one that has them thoughts? Wow. Enemy, enemy, the enemy's been trying to plant them thoughts in God's people for a long time. Do you know where God's trying to deliver you to? To the place where you take those thoughts captive and you put them up under your feet and you declare what the word of God says and it doesn't matter how crazy they think you are. They can lock... Amen. They could they could take you to the uh, they take, what's that hospital called over there? Norman, they put people to be huh? Griffin. Yeah. Griffin. Listen, they might they might try to haul you off to Griffin, put you in a straitjacket, put you in a padded room. <laughs> 
I'm going to tell you right now, if I'm in a padded room in a straitjacket, I'm going to keep declaring the word of God. Listen, if this was easy, everybody would do it. It's simple. But it's a, what did the Bible call it? It's a fight. It's a fight that we can't win in the strength of our might. It's a battle and a fight that we have to win with something that God has put in us. Glory to God. Glory to God. So that's binding. Binding is, all right, is uh, when we begin to see sickness arise before revival. Immediately, I knew that was improper and unlawful. I knew that came straight from the pit of hell. So you know what? I begin to say, Lord, in the name of Jesus. I'm canceling the devil's assignment. I'm declaring in the name of Jesus. Everybody at Winner's Church is healthy. Everybody at Winner's Church is whole. Everybody at Winner's Church has the Spirit of God working in them to fight and to eradicate sickness in the natural because it's already happened by the Spirit. Lord, I thank you for healing, health, and wholeness. I thank you, Father, that your people are having a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of you that they're coming up higher. Listen, y'all got to quit acting like you're the only one in a fight. Do y'all really think? Now, I, I just want you to think about yourself individually. Do you really think that you're the only one that, that feels the way you feel? These are thoughts. That the enemy will use to keep you captive. But you got to take those thoughts and you got to capture them. Say capture. capture. You know, there are several definitions for the word capture. Capture like you capture a picture. Or you capture an audio file. You can capture, capture something that way. But the way you have to capture these thoughts and bring them into captivity, it gives you an idea. Bring them into captivity. Try to catch a lion and bring it into captivity. You're trying to capture something that doesn't want to be caught and that doesn't want to remain captive. That's the kind of capturing that we do when we're capturing thoughts. It's not like capturing a picture. It's not like putting, it, putting something in a scanner. You're trying to get something that don't want to be caught. You're having to take it by force. Let's see what loosening is. And whatever you loose on earth, declare lawful on earth, must be what is already loosed in heaven. Hey, you ever seen, you ever seen somebody that they would walk in a room and heaven would follow them? You ever been to a meeting where a preacher got up and, and uh, maybe there was chaos, maybe, maybe, you know, it was a struggle, or maybe it was a good worship service, but then they got up and it seemed so easy for them just to get over there and get in the spirit. One, one time I was watching a video of Mark and Trina Hankins, and uh, Brother Hankins got up and he was, 
he was like, well, glory. He's got a gravelly voice. Well, glory. <laughs> Hallelujah. Amen. Well, everybody, come on. Let's stand up. Come on, everybody. Let's stand up. He, he talked like Paul Trokel, but with gravel in his voice. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell they're both from Louisiana. Yeah. Everybody stand up. And, and his wife, he, now, Brother Trokel prophesied this over Pastor Annie. His wife got up while he's standing there. This was in Lawton. He was in Lawton. Now, I wasn't there. I was just listening to the recording, uh, watching the video. His wife, uh, listen, she didn't, it would, you wouldn't even, you would have thought it was choreographed. And he was like, glory to God. Hallelujah. And she just, she just walked up to the platform and, and, and he looked at her and, and she went like this and he handed her the microphone and she was, and she went to talking in tongues pointing her finger and she talked in tongues for a minute and and he grabbed a microphone he says thus says the lord and he began to give the word he said tonight he began to talk and man as he talked all heaven was turned loose the environment the atmosphere of that service it turned around All of a sudden, heaven broke out, and the Spirit of God began to move, and people began to get joy, and people began to get delivered, and people began to get born again. People began to get baptized in the Holy Ghost. The sick began to get healed. It's because Mark Hank can have a measure of what is lawful in heaven. And if you find out it's lawful in heaven, you can turn loose of it here on the earth. Is joy lawful in heaven? Yeah. Well, glory to God. You know, I want to be, I want to be honest with you. <laughs> Some of you are like, well, I, you know, I wish I could change the environment of where I work at. It really sucks. <laughs> well, you know what? You might have to quit giving way to those thoughts that keep you captive. Those thoughts that, that keep you from getting out there boldly. Because you know what? Either, either these things are true or they're not. <clears throat> We, we, all, we always assume that these things only work in church. But I'm going to tell you right now, they don't just work in church. They work outside of church too. Amen. Amen. Binding and loosen. That helps somebody? Anna, I'm going to give you a chance for your question. Well, glory to God. I thought so. Huh? Well, I don't know. But yeah, maybe there might be some more insight there. What was, what was your question? Um, it was, um, so when you're battling sickness for a while, does it mean that you haven't really gained the knowledge of it in your spirit and it's just in your head? Like if you battle for days. Like yeah. I guess because I just assume if you have the revelation of healing and sickness tries to come on you, you're never going to get sick. But if, <clears throat> so does that mean you're never going to battle? You ever, you Physically? Ever, have you ever, been, have you ever been out in, um, have you ever been outside in the summertime and then there was a fly that just, you would swat at it, but it just kept coming back. Not all flies are that way, right? Some flies you swat at them and they just go away. But then you run into that fly 
that's persistent. That just keeps it. See, we we want to we want to take and we want to think that this is a formula. If this was a formula, it would work the same way all the time. But it's not a formula. It's not a formula. There are some things that are more entrenched in someone's life than other things. There are some things that are more persistent in their in their desire to trip you up and to. Y'all here, here, listen. I'm, I'm looking at y'all. Y'all are looking at me like, Pastor, you telling us something good. Yeah. I'm so glad. I have preached this before, but y'all, some of y'all are getting it today. Thank God. So you have to think of it in that, in that way. There are going to be some things that you're going to find that you easily, I mean, just in a, in a split second, it's done. There, man, there are some things try to come on me, and I'm like, eh, in the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Man, there have been a couple times recently that my back tried to act up. I twisted this. I mean, it used to be I have to pick something up heavy. Now I just got to twist a certain way. None of y'all know anything about that. But anyway, <laughs> I twist a certain way. And, and, and all of a sudden there's that, uh, and, and, you, and you, I'm like, in the name of Jesus. In, I, you know, I don't care where I'm at. I'm like, in the name of Jesus. I've, I've been working on an airplane with guys that are cussing and acting, acting all kind of crazy. And I'll stop in the middle of it, in the name of Jesus. And they all look at me. Like, he about to preach. He about to preach. <laughs> I'm like, glory to God. In the name of Jesus. Marissa, today, I, I don't know what came over you. I was, I was cleaning something. I was like, blocking you. Blesses me. <laughs> oh, anyway. <laughs> Marissa's shirt. But anyway. Um, <laughs> immediate. Now, listen. Used to be, if that happened, it was going to be days. I was going to fight that for days. Sometimes weeks. Never had this happen. Where it grabbed me like that. And I said, in the name of Jesus. And I could feel it loosen right in that moment. I was like, glory to God. You stay right where you belong in the name of Jesus. You stay right where you belong in the name of Jesus. You know what? You get a big enough revelation. I, I might could go to the doctor and the doctor say, oh, you got some calcification. Some arthritis is working in there. Boy, I don't even know how you're moving. Be like, glory to God, I'm moving by the Spirit. Amen. Do you know you can have a physical ailment and because you lay hold of what is lawful in heaven and you loose it here on the earth, it may not even change physically in your body what is causing you pain, but your pain will be gone because you're living in divine health and healing and wholeness. Amen. Are y'all hearing that? See, we, we got to quit. Well, I still got the knot. And? Do you have the pain? How mobile are you? How's it working for you now? It, that Ronald Coyne. I tell you all the story all the time about Ronald Coyne. Had, had his eyeball taken out when he was a kid. Had a glass eye put in. Had, had, had hands laid on him. Received his healing. Dude saw out of a glass eye. God didn't give him a new eye. He just saw out of a socket in his head. 
You know, I didn't know this for years, but someone told me that one time he got up and he said, he said, if I ever get out of fellowship with God, he said, my vision begins to dim in that eye and I don't see as clearly anymore. He said, but if I'll get back in the spirit, he said, I begin to see clear. It's because these things don't work by the flesh. They work by the spirit. Wouldn't it be cool if I just, I'd get up here and I had long flowing Elvis hair. But y'all get back to my office and I'm bald. <laughs> Telly Savalas. I got a lollipop. I'm like, who loves you, baby? Anybody remember that? <laughs> uh, anyway, that might be stretching it. But anyhow, you get it? We don't, we don't see those things happen too much nowadays because... People aren't getting over there and getting that revelation and walking in it. We're not, we, we don't get radical in our belief in what the Lord can do. We allow reasoning and, and uh, uh, those arguments that go on in our mind to dominate. And we don't bring those thoughts into captivity. Amen. Ayla <clears throat> said this, and, and then I think Cherie said it too. When we were over in Chickasha this last time. Ayla said that she had had a, like a, an, in her imagination, maybe a dream or something. Just a, it was like a, she, 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 stopped, she stopped short of calling it a vision. But it was something that, it was a thought that just went into her mind that wasn't from herself. Of someone coming into the meeting and shooting me. Trying to kill me. And then I told Cherie, Cherie said, I had the same thing. I had the same thing. Now, did that, did that happen? No. And you know what? Here, here's my deal. If it does, that bullet ain't going to pin it. Listen, that bullet is going to melt either. They're going to find a puddle of molten bullet right in front of me. I ain't going down like that. Amen. Are y'all hearing me? I know. Some, I know. See, you can't have. Number one, you can't have it if you don't dream it. And you sure can't have it if you don't say it. But see, some people, they don't even, don't say that, Pastor. You you might be opening, I ain't opening up no door. I'm shutting doors right now. Amen. It's unlawful. It's unlawful. I ain't going nowhere until I'm supposed to go. Aren't you afraid you're going to crash that plane? Listen, and what are you talking about? Do you think I'm going? You think I'm going to? Listen, if you're with me, you might die, but I'm walking away. <laughs> or you can join your faith with mine and be like, glory to God, I'm with pastor, and as, I'm long with, as, long, as long as I'm with pastor, I'm okay, amen. I know he ain't going nowhere. I ain't going nowhere either. See, that's how, that's how we are. We all hook up our faith with one another. Amen. Michael. It just kind of stems off of what she said, because you said, it was actually a question I had, but you answered it. Uh, you said, it ain't a formula, because um, some things are dug in deeper than others, according to each individual. <clears throat> so that ultimately ends up being the responsibility of the individual in the daily walk with the, yes, the Lord, right? I mean, yes. Because obviously that, it all it all just goes back to that, right? I mean, Absolutely. That, that, that. that 
that anointing of your relationship with him Absolutely. your daily pursuit and like you said on that guy the guy said once i start getting kind of out of out of the flow you know the the fellowship you know his eye starts going dimmer yes uh, so that's probably i was i was going to ask you like well <clears throat> i was going to ask you this but it it doesn't make sense anymore but i was going to say like well what's a good daily thing that somebody could do to be in that but that's just it it's just the, the your walk in yeah mindset. it's an individual it's because different the, the bible says to every one of us has been given grace according to the measure of the gift of christ well if every one of us have different grace and a different function and a different purpose then the enemy's going to try to attack us in a different way right. uh, if you're if, if god's called you to be a uh if god's called you and to get called you to a giving ministry like like brother ted but Ted's greatest gift is not just serving. One of Ted's greatest gifts is giving. This brother, if I think if we calculated it, I would I would guarantee that Ted has probably given nearly a million dollars in in his lifetime. Nearly, it'd be close to it. Because when Ted, in the natural, didn't seemingly have anything, the Lord would supply for the... Now, you, you have to understand how radical this is. When God's called you to a giving ministry, you will give radically. You won't, you won't give normally. You give radically. Ted would have $150 in the bank. Get a $5,000 check and sow the whole $5,000 check. Not reluctantly or under compulsion, but cheerfully and joyfully. Do you know the kind of persecution you face when you're that radical? Do you know what I got called when he gave that money to me? Jim Jones. A cult. They, they said I was a cult leader, that I was just after Ted's money. But see, Ted, Ted, that, people don't understand that when you, when you get over here into this, these keys to the kingdom, it will require you to be over-the-top radical in some area of your life and believe God with radical faith in some area of your life. And so in that, in that area of... of uh, of giving. You know, you, you think that God would take and use someone that was a multimillionaire or a billionaire to give in the measure that Ted has given. But you know what? A lot of people that are millionaire, multimillionaires, billionaires, they got, they've got rational thinking. They don't have radical thinking. They don't have word thinking. So it, it leaves them unavailable. For the Lord to use them in that way. Ronald Coyne had to have radical thinking to walk in that place of ignorance. You know, thank God he never went to God and said, Well, Lord, why don't you just give me an eye? He had an eye that wasn't going to get poked out, right, Ted? There's nothing that could keep that from him. So, anyhow, we have to be willing. Amen. Any other questions?
So I guess what I'm hearing is that um, through our fellowship with Christ on a daily basis, <clears throat> as we grow with him, we are to progressively grow in the, the revelation in this area of healing, yeah. right? Well, well healing, uh, Well, any area. Yeah, but I'm like saying. with Ted, yeah. he had to develop faith in that area of giving. Uh -huh. You know what? Ted was a... Uh, but when I met Ted, when I first met Ted, Ted was not a giver. Oh, no. Ted was a miser. <laughs> Ted was so penny penny. Listen, he would squeeze, he would squeeze a dollar and make four quarters. Oh, Listen, this brother, he made George Washington cry. He was so tight. <laughs> this brother was tight with his money. But in the spirit, God called him to something. And so he had to walk something out that I didn't see other people walk out. I mean, he had to walk it out. Do you know how many times people counseled Ted against doing what he did? Multiple times. You know how many people have counseled me to do against what, I'm, what I've done and what I'm doing? Multiple people. Do you know how many people are going to counsel you against what God told you? A bunch of people. Because they're not going to get it. They don't have to get it. You have to get it. Once you get it, you can loose it on earth. Amen. Anywhere you go. Are, are y'all hearing this? Yes. You can live a blessed life. That's the key to a blessed life. Recognizing that place and then walking in it. So whether for now you can now you can take and apply this to every area of your life. But there'll be some areas of your life where you'll have more success than others. And where you'll be more successful, like some people that they, they, they got a divine revelation of, like Benny Hinn. You know, Benny Hinn, everywhere he go, people be getting healed. He said one time he was at home. Marissa, I think, told me this story. I think it was Marissa. that She was watching him. Maybe she was at home skipping school or something. But anyway, uh, I think it was Marissa told me this story. That Benny Hinn was, uh, it was somebody. Benny Hinn was at home, and he was feeling sick, and he's sitting in his living room, and This Is Your Day, his program, This Is Your Day, came on the television, and so he watched his own program, kind of. He said he was, you know, doing other things, but he said he came to the end of the program, and he said on the television, he was like this, if you have sickness, if you have a disease, if you have an infirmity, he said, put your hands on my hands. I'm going to pray for you. He said he looked around. <laughs> he went up to that TV and he put his hands on his own hands. And immediately the Lord manifested a healing in his body. He was like, thank you, Lord. I heard a testimony of Oral Roberts. Oral Roberts had to have heart surgery. He was at the city of faith. And during his surgery, he went to preaching while he's under anesthetic. He started preaching. Well, he began to bleed excessively from one of the uh, arteries or something that was where they were, it, it was, they were uh, in fear that he would bleed out because he was bleeding. And while he was under anesthetic, he said, the healing power of God is in my right hand right now. Those doctors that were operating on him took his hand and put his hand on his chest and said, Dr. Roberts, command healing to come to your body. He said, I command healing to come to this body now. And they said, immediately the blood stopped. And they went through with the rest of the surgery, and he was well. After that, he never had no problem again.
Are y'all hearing this? See, there's some people that they have a grace that, that when they, when they, when, when, uh, if it, if it falls in the category of the, where God has called them and given them grace and favor, glory to God. It's like revival. Y'all have seen, y'all are getting, y'all must be getting used to it. Y'all have seen me go into dead churches, dead churches. And listen, we may not be all rolling all over the floor, but we've gone into dead churches where people got kicked out for saying the stuff that I said, for preaching the way that I preached. And people be like, glory to God. Boy, listen, where we have revival. And people be scratching their heads like, I'm not sure how he does that. You ought to write a book. I'll write a book, but you won't understand it. Because it don't come out of a book. It comes out of a... Amen. <laughs> Glory to God. Are y'all hearing any of this today? Man, we're in there today. Praise God. Anna, you must have served some up here on Monday. Amen. <laughs> Anna. Amen. Glory. Hilda must be getting a revelation. Hallelujah. Every time Hilda get a revelation, she go to giggling. <laughs> David calls it giggulation. <laughs> Amen. But see, that's, a, that's how you solidify those things. You respond to the Spirit. And sometimes, sometimes getting over there and stepping over into that realm, that's what it looks like. Sometimes that's what it looks like. Sometimes that's what's required from us. Sometimes we got to take a run. Sometimes we got to have a shout. Amen. Sometimes we got to have a laugh. Sometimes we got to throw up our hands and just uh, laugh in the Spirit. But whatever it takes, be willing to do it. Amen. Amen. And don't get, listen, don't get discouraged. Don't get frustrated. Don't get angry. Don't get upset. Get even with the devil. Get even with the devil. Listen, when the devil go to harassing you, just tell him, boy, you don't even know. You're going to regret this. Every minute of it. I'm going to make you pay for every second that you tried to torment me. Every moment that you try to give me grief, every moment of anxiety, you're going to pay for every moment of it. See, some of you got to start learning how to talk to the spirit realm. Sometimes you got to open up your mouth and say something like this. For every moment that you tormented me, it will mean one more person that I will win to Christ and get them delivered from anxiety. Amen. Glory to God. Every, amen. Every pain, every torment, every struggle, every bit of confusion. Glory to God. See, some of y'all are feeling this right now. Shalemarasaboya. Shalebrusay. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Stand up. Let's, let's, let's get in there. <laughs> yes, oh my Rabandine Mahalaboro. Glory to God. Telebruce Bengele Jikeda. Ha ha. Shorodoro Sakeda. 
Now, I've been waiting to say this, but the Lord spoke to some of y'all, has been speaking to some of y'all at the end of last year, beginning of this year, about debt-free. I think we identified what has been declared lawful in heaven. If it be that way in heaven, then bless God, we're going to loose it here on the earth. Amen. Oh, thank you, Lord. Amen. I thank you, Lord, for a debt-free building in Jesus' name. Debt-free chairs, debt-free sound system, debt-free LED wall behind us. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You agreeing with me, Brother Ted? Debt-free. Debt-free vans, debt-free buses. Glory to God. Hallelujah. Amen. Michael, now I'm not saying that what you heard you're going to do. I, what, or what you even said, because, you know, I, I know that these are things that you're just, you're bumping around and, and, and maybe, maybe, you know, because when the Lord told me to, when the Lord told me that he was going to give me an airplane, when he told me that I sat in front of a man at dinner after the Lord, after I agreed with heaven, the Lord made it clear what, what he wanted me to eat. The Lord said, I want to give you an airplane. When I agreed with him, when I finally agreed with him and said, okay. But if, if this is going to happen, you're going to do it because I ain't going to, I'm not even going to try. I'm going to, I'm going to align myself, but I'm not going to try to make it happen. I'll go to the airport, but I'm not going to try to make this happen. I'm not going to go into negotiations with somebody on it. I'm not going to do that. I'm going to follow the spirit wherever he leads. But Lord, you, you doing this. Now, when I did that, Brandon, when I agreed, I told Annie, first thing I did on, it was, this was on a Friday night. I got home, it was, er, it was early Saturday morning, I got home from Queen City, and, and she, was, she was waiting up for me, and I said, Annie, the Lord told me he's going to give me an airplane. Oh, yeah. She said, no, he didn't. <laughs> I said, no, no, he did. She's like, uh-uh, I ain't getting in no small, that's what she said, this is exact word, exact word, I ain't getting in no small airplane. I don't want to die. I said, well, how did the two go together? I don't understand how you, I mean, already, you know. Words. You got to watch your words. And so I told her, I said, Lord said he's going to give me an airplane. She said, I don't think so. Because I ain't going to let you be flying in no small airplane. Saturday, come, we're, we go to Chili Cook. Y'all have heard the story. Go to a Chili Cook-Off. We're at the Chili. I'm eating chili with a bunch of people at the table. I've never talked airplanes. I didn't, when I was a kid, I didn't look up in the air and dream about flying. I don't, you know, Michael, he can tell you, he can see an airplane and say, that's a, this airplane, that's a, that airplane. I don't, ha I have no clue. Only airplanes I know of is if I've seen them and somebody tell me what they are. And sometimes I can't even remember. Because I had no aviation dreams, none whatsoever. Until God said he was going to give me an airplane. So I'm sitting there, never talked about nothing, planes, nothing like that. 
old missionary sitting across from me looks up. He's eating his bowl of chili. We're both eating chili. He stops in the middle of his bowl of chili. I mean, in the middle of discussing things that have nothing to do with aviation, nothing to do with my. He stops in the middle of it. He looks up at me. He goes, Ziggy, the Lord just told me. I think the Lord just told me you're supposed to buy my airplane. Now, the minute he said that, I looked at Annie. She looked me dead in the eye, and she goes, we're about to get an airplane, aren't we? <laughs> because we, we've, we've learned how to identify. You do this long enough, you'll start to learn how to identify. Now, here's the thing. Some, some of you might have thought, wow, you needed to buy that guy's airplane. No, here's what you have to understand. Some people, they hear stuff, and they don't understand what they're hearing. He heard airplane and he thought it meant I'm buying his airplane. He wasn't even trying to sell his airplane. But he thought it meant, but all he was really hearing was airplane. He didn't know that what he was hearing was the catalyst that would get us on the path to receiving what God had for us. But it had nothing to do with his airplane. It just had to do with airplane. So Michael said, and I'm not going to tell Michael one way or the other. Michael heard something and the Lord just spoke to me and told me what it meant. Now, I'm gonna, Michael said this, and some of y'all may have heard him say this. I don't remember if he told everybody or if he just told us in passing. I hope I'm not saying something crazy in front of everybody right now. But, but Michael said this. He said, you know what I want to do? He said, I want to open up a gym. Amen. Now, now uh, but I want you to hear this because sometimes we, we, hear, we hear something like that, but we don't identify. We don't identify what it really means. Yeah. And sometimes the Lord, he'll deal with us about things that we desire, like Ted, Ted with the biscuit tree and the gravy, no, the, not the, the gravy fountain. You know what? That means, that means the world to Ted. <laughs> We've already had this discussion, haven't we? Right? But there's something the Lord's trying to communicate through that to Ted. So we're not going to take that away. Whatever, you know, Ted, there, there's... There's, there's nothing that he enjoys more than a good plate of biscuits and gravy. Heaven's going to be better than that. That's what, it, that's, that's what the Lord trying to tell Ted. Listen, all the, it's going to be like a gravy fountain, Ted. Ted, like, glory to God. I can't wait to get there, you know? So for me, God told me to buy my airplane. No, but airplane was on the right path. So when Michael said he goes start a gym, then he said this, because this is where it gets... This is where it gets kind of wild. I'm opening it up for me. And people can come if they want to come. And if, you know, they want to pay something, they could pay something. But it don't matter whether they pay or not. I ain't even going to try to make money. I'm just going to open up a gym just for me. You know what the Lord just spoke to me up here? The Lord told me that some of y'all are going to start businesses. And there's going to be some people that, that become patrons of your business. I'm going to give you the example that the Lord showed me. I saw Winner's Church have a daycare, and every member of Winner's Church get free daycare, and it be financed and funded by people that are outside of the church. That there are some people that benefit from it, but the Lord used the world to finance it. The wealth of the wicked laid up for the righteous. 
Imagine, imagine if the Lord spoke to one of y'all, opened up a grocery store. Everybody at Winter's Church went grocery shopping every week, piled it in, and, and, and it's like, yeah, come in, y'all. Come do your shopping. Get all you need. And we didn't get crazy. We got what we needed. We didn't go overboard. We, we, weren't, we weren't like them people in Corinthians that we come to the Lord's Supper and haul everything home and take our plates home. No, we had a right heart and a right spirit and a right mind. And we, Amen. And then every other week it's open to the public and every other week when it's open to the, every other time it's open to the public, millions and millions of dollars come in and finance it. Thank you, Lord. See, Michael heard something. Now, whether or not, whether or not, God will use stuff that we like to open up a revelation to something far greater. And see, the Lord telling me, he said, there's stuff that he's trying to get across to us that is, that goes into the, into that realm of supernatural. That we've never witnessed, that we've never. Amen. What if the Lord? What if the? What if the Lord brought so much money into this church that we opened up a credit union? And if you were a member, you got zero percent financing. Glory to God. Hallelujah. You know what would be, here's what would be nice, that Paul Troke will go to build him a training center in Burundi, and the bank won't loan him a penny because it's in Burundi, but he rolls up to the Winner's Church Credit Union, fills out his application, we write him a check for a half a million dollars to build his building in Burundi, we fund it, they, amen. And the thing not even, and this, he not even have to pay one bit of interest. In fact, the bank may have so much profits that we're like, we're doing some profit sharing and we're sharing it with the missionaries. I'm, I'm going to tell you something, church. There's nothing that's impossible. Say that with me. Say nothing's impossible. But see, this is, this is where those things get worked out in that spiritual warfare. Again, we're not even addressing demons. We're just addressing thoughts and imaginations and mindset, being able to loose on earth. Now, see, if someone can get a revelation that that is what God is releasing from heaven, that it, that's what is allowed, then my God, there's no, there's no limit. There's no limit. So I declare in the name of Jesus, Lord, take off every limit. Tear down every wall. No wonder he said come into agreement with his plan. No wonder he said come into agreement with his plan. <laughs> Glory! Tuna Mara Sabandri Mara Driexa. Ha 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 ha. Ana Mara Sabandri Driexa. 
Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Well, Lord, we receive this today. Lord, continue to, continue to uh, burn that word in us and to help us, God, to go to a higher place. Lord, we're grateful. It, it's radical according to the world. But God, we're not, we're not living for the world. We're living for you. And so Lord, uh, shift our ideas, our thinking, our concepts. Uh, help us, Lord, to entertain all the things, Lord, you desire to do with us, in us, and through us in the name of Jesus. Lord, we thank you. We thank you. We thank you. We thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord. See, some, some people try, some of us will say this. Well, pastor, where's that in the Bible? Five loaves and two fish. Five loaves and two fish. 5,000 people sat down, didn't have no food, didn't have no money. Amen. Kid was coming home from the Piggly Wiggly, had him five loaves, two fish. Jesus took it, broke it, blessed it, broke it, and dispersed it. 10,000 people ate more than what they wanted. And that boy got, got, that boy went, instead of going home with five loaves and two fish, he had 12 disciples following after him with 12 baskets full of the excess. Glory to God. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Amen. Lord, we thank you for it. Lord, as we go out of here, let us be stirred up. Amen. Shania, through bad to He's going to keep you all stirred in the name of Jesus. I thank you for it, Father. Uh, may, may the same spirit and anointing that's upon us here tonight uh, come upon those that we come in contact with. May the very atmosphere of everywhere that we go after today be charged with your presence. And may we provoke others, God, to believe you. To, to bind and to disallow here on earth what's not allowed in heaven. And to loose and to allow, God, and release here on earth what's already been released there in the name of Jesus. We thank you for it, Father. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Woo, glory. Yeah, let's give Jesus. <laughs> amen. <laughs> Woo! Amen. Well, glory to God. We're in for it this year, aren't we? Amen. Well, praise God. Listen, if you have any other questions, make sure that you write them down, and we will uh, we'll try to get to some other questions in the, in the weeks to come. We'll continue on this subject next week. We only got to one of those uh, questions, and we'll get to some of the other ones. But uh, I love you guys. I appreciate you. Did, you. did you want me to pray for them, Shelb? Is that why you brought them? Oh, you was just hanging out. Wonderful. Huh? Yeah, real quick. Um, right before you shared that about Michael, the Lord reminded me. He was sharing stuff with me, and he was telling me. He reminded me having to do with that, that when I went to go get my vehicle, like, I was so indecisive. Because I can be that way when I'm having to do stuff fast and a time before I want, and I'm trying to make a good choice and trying to be led by the Spirit, and at the same time dealing 
with reasoning and dealing with all these things. And so I just seen like when it came to these things that he's trying to get through us and trying to do in our life, that the moment that we make up our mind, he'll give direction. A lot of times we want direction before we make up our mind to do something. And he had already put it in my heart like, go do this, it's gonna be okay, but I'm running and I'm doing all these things in the natural, trying to get everything lined up. But every step of the way, when I look back, not only did he abundantly bless me through the process, had people coming to me to help me that I didn't have to ask for help, they came to me to offer help. And then as soon as I made up what car, my mind, what car I was gonna get, I was heading to another city and he told me to go back where I had just walked out of this place yesterday, the day before and had to humble myself and call them and go back there and go get this vehicle from them. But he made a way through the whole thing. But as soon as I decided what I was going to do, his grace flooded over me to be able to see it done. And it wasn't even what I, what I really wanted to do. But as soon as I made up my mind, it's what he wants. And as soon as we align with his plan, and as soon as we make up our mind to do it, and what we're going to do, he's going to flood in and give direction. So just be expecting direction as you make up your mind and you settle on what he's leading you to. Amen. Amen. Praise God. All right, y'all. Praise the Lord. That's good. Amen. So uh, I'll see you guys uh, uh, Sunday. Uh, don't forget, uh, we have, well, I'll see people Sunday at uh, Shawnee. Pastor Annie will be preaching this Sunday morning, and she has a word. I can see it on her. Amen. Yeah. Yes, amen. We're speaking it. But uh, now Annie's going to have a great word for us. Uh, then Sunday.